It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters— with new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Morning to you all. It is Steve Buchanan. It is Julian Edlow. It is Josh Applebaum. We all be going to be with you for the next two hours talking a little bit of everything here on a jam-packed Sunday full of all types of sports. We have some bets to talk about. We have a few guests coming on, Stormy Bon and Tony. We have Will Hill coming on both from VEASAN in the second hour, so make sure to stay tuned for that. But guys, let's get into what was a dynamic <laughs> Saturday of football, except if you were an underdog. That did not work up for either of the underdogs in this one. Painfully for the Packers, well, too, as well. One covered. Worked out. Yeah, they, a lot they, of Packers they covered. You know people. what? But the Packers should have won that game. Uh, you know, the graphic says pretty good for the 49ers. I would say just enough that the 49ers uh, were able to escape the grasp that the Packers had the entire game there. 49ers lost Debo Samuel. Really seemed like it changed the complexity of that offense. Uh, that offense really seemed to sputter in there. And then how about the dropped pick six by Savage in the beginning of that game? Really would have changed the outcome of this game. We'd be talking about a Packers team that is going on to the championship here. Julian, let's start with you here. What was most impressive about the 49ers comeback to win this game 24-21? That they were down, what, seven going into the yeah. fourth quarter, win the fourth quarter 10 to nothing and change that Kyle Shanahan uh, stat and perception that when trailing going into the fourth quarter, they don't win games, which had been true all, all the way until last night. Um, when the Niners had faced adversity this season, they hadn't been able to rally and, yeah. and come back. So to do it, you know, would it have been nice to do it in some of the other games? Sure. But to do it for the first time when they absolutely had to do it to save their season with the back, their backs against the wall um, was impressive. It, it was a very close game that, you know, a couple of bounces the Packers way. Uh, and, and it's a completely different ball game. But, uh, you know, all in all, that final drive by Brock Purdy was pretty impressive uh, when they when they absolutely had to have it. Josh, what do you think was the reasoning for the 49ers kind of struggles throughout the game? Was it the early injury to Debo Samuel, who, like, we had, like, different reports. Like, first they said it was a head injury and he was cleared. Then it was shoulder. a shoulder injury. Yep. We saw him come out of the halftime without a jersey, so, you know, obviously it indicates that he's not going to be playing here. But the offense really kind of sputtered without him. Was it that they were playing from behind, or was it really that Debo is just kind of like that final piece in the offense, and when you take that out, now things go a little bit of awry. 
Yeah, I think it was a combination of factors here, Steve. So definitely a Debo Samuel injury. You can really tell when he's in the game versus out of the game, the stats really back it up. He's so dynamic, whether he's running it, whether he's catching it. Uh, him being out really makes their offense, they're still a good offense, but takes away uh, really with their most lethal weapon here. Also, I would say, you know, these first round teams are, are their uh, first round seeds coming off a bye here. Again, there's a little bit of a rest first tired situation. You're, let, you're glad that you're rested, but you haven't played in a while. Remember, the 49ers sat a lot of guys in week 18 as well, so it took them a little bit of time to get going. We saw the same thing uh, in the Texans game where maybe the uh, the Ravens there in that spot were a little bit sluggish there to start. I'll look at it from a couple different directions, Steve. I'm just glad one of the dogs covered because going into yesterday, yeah. I mean, I had all my system matches on both dogs. Obviously, you know, Texans hang tough. Then they get blown out in the second half and then they lose that game and don't cover. And then I was looking at the next game like, oh, oh this is a repeat situation here where the contrarian play with the 49ers was getting late steam. I think they got up to 10 and a half even. I think one book may even got to 11. So I'm like, oh, this isn't good. So at least one dog came through for you, but it's heartbreaking if you're on the money line there with the Packers, Steve. I mean, you had this mm-hmm. game in hand. Obviously, Carlson misses that kick, which is really difficult. And I don't want to put a, lo- a ton on, you know, love. I don't want to bash him because he really had a great game, made some incredible throws in bad weather in the rain. But you have 50 plus seconds left. You have two yep. timeouts. You force it in a triple coverage yep. on the run. Again, he had a great year. I think the is a very a bright future. I'm going to really look at maybe the overwind totals on both the Texans and the Packers next year. But that inexperience factor finally reared its ugly head. Uh, how many times has Love been in that spot? You know, down with a game on the right. line. I think he's going to learn from that. But obviously, if you're a uh, money line better here with the Packers, they cover the number, but they should have won that game. Theoretically, it's directed at you, Steve. Well, so uh, you can give your, your thoughts on your Packers and your Jordan. Love. I thought Jordan Love showed a lot in I, that game. I'll tell you what, if they had won that game, they might be the team to beat in the NFC Agreed. with the way that they look. Like that was probably the best game we've seen from Aaron Jones. Like he was unstoppable <laughs> in that game. Like like breaking tackles, you know, getting over the uh, the line to gain. Like he was phenomenal. But I, what I kept thinking about in that game is that if they had like one real receiver how much difference that offense mm-hmm. would be. Like, if you had a solidified veteran in that receiver room, how much different that could be? Because, granted, Love was making some unbelievable throws, some tight window throws. He was very poised in the pocket. But, like, it felt like he needed that one guy. That was the one missing piece. Oh, <laughs> Devontae Adams. <laughs> Doesn't it seem like, though, they have three guys in in uh, Dobbs and Watson and Reed that can all develop Three into that guys. type of guy. Well, one hundred percent good, but they're all young, and one of like one of them is going to turn into like a Pro Bowl level receiver. You would think, and the other two are probably going to be better than your average two, three. 100 percent. But think about those guys with a wide, a true wide receiver right one. now. Like sure, you are, and so like okay, so let me throw this to you. What does this team look like for next year? How do you view this team going into next year? Now they will be. Uh, you know, favored to make the playoffs, obviously, in the yeah. NFC, which yeah, they just snuck in to get that seven seed, so it's not like they were a sure thing all year. And um, they'll be right up there with the Lions to, to win the division, but that, they might not even be favored o- over the Lions. We could be talking about the Lions next week as a team that goes to San Francisco and, uh, you know, plays a good game. So I, I think they'll be right there with the Lions as one of the favorites in the Division and a team that's favored to make the the postseason. Yeah, definitely a lot of question marks. Nine and a half wins, let's call it. Okay. Win total. Uh, Definitely a lot of uh, question marks coming into that division, too, as well, on the direction of the Vikings, who need a quarterback now because Kirk Cousins is a free agent, and then what they do with the number one pick of Justin Fields. So a lot of question marks for that one there. Let's move over to the other game that happened, the earlier game. Um, The tale of two halves, I guess you could say. Going into the half, this game was tied. You know, we're going in there. This looks like this is going to be a competitive game. I don't know what happened in the locker room <laughs> after that, but then we saw two different teams come out of that locker room for the second half. Texans were shut out. The only uh, touchdown they scored was that uh, special teams return there by Sims. Other than that, it was just consistent pressure on C.J. Stroud, not able to throw and not able to throw downfield, so now you eliminate the threat of Nico Collins because he's not like this small A-dot guy. He's like a deeper downfield guy. You eliminate that, then all of a sudden, this offense looks 
pretty flimsy, and I think that's what we saw there, Josh. Yeah, I totally agree with you, Steve. So I think uh, Munkin, obviously the offensive coordinator, I was on Twitter, he got a ton of credit here for adjustments, and you get to this time of year, that's huge. Again, you're going to play your first half. What do you do at halftime? What adjustments can you make? Ravens obviously look great going in the second half. To me, the Texans are a team, again, just like the Packers. It's ironic both these games, you know, uh, you had these uh, big one seeds who end up winning the game, but I think looking toward the future, both dogs are pretty bullish on. So Texans are a team with a lot of young players. Uh, Stroud obviously had a little bit of a reality check here. Uh, and I'll give uh, some credit to you, Steve, because I threw at you guys yesterday the total in this game. Yeah. Now, this is so important because, uh, one, it goes to show you how good the odds makers are. The you know, odds makers at DraftKings, Johnny Avello, the people who set the odds. These odds are so sharp, which makes sports betting difficult to beat. Because what did the line close at, Steve? 44. Yep. However, it opened as high as 47. It got down to 43 and a half. It ends up landing on, on 44. So what does that tell us? It tells us that if we're going to play some unders, we got to get these numbers early before they fall too much. Or do you see a number fall so much? And I think this is where you were leaning, Steve. If it's fallen so much, does it create value to go the other way and go over? So you know, imagine if you got an early anything yep. under 44. Four and a half, you go over 43 and a half, you could have theoretically middled it here. But I think it just goes to show you when you're betting these totals, if you wait too long, like I always want to be on the sharp side, the under seem to be the sharp side, but you got to remember sharps got it at a higher number than you were betting if you were getting it late. So uh, again, if you got it early, you love that under. Uh, Tucker makes that, you know, that uh, that uh, field goal there at the end. Uh, but again, I know a lot of people who bought low and went over 43 and a half and also won. Julian, the Texans really deviated from their usual plan. They were blitzing Lamar Jackson midway through the third quarter almost 70% of the time when on a normal game, averaging 30% for an entire game. But yeah. yet that still was not enough to stop Jackson. So they basically doubled up on the amount of pressure that they wanted to put on Jackson. And what did Jackson do? He used his legs, which yep. he hasn't done as much this season. Over he's 100 become, rushing yards. Yep, yep. He's become a much better pocket uh, passer over the course of his career. But if you're going to do something different, to him, then Baltimore's gonna do something different, which was kind of retro Lamar Jackson, just running some of them right down the middle for, for massive gains, and obviously the two touchdowns getting into the end zone when it mattered. So I think the Texans had a good game plan to kind of defend the newly evolved uh, pocket passer, Lamar Jackson, but as the MVP, you know, you got a deep bag, and he went back to, you know, what he's capable of doing on the ground, and Texans paid for it. So now moving forward, you know, the Texans are done, have a lot to think about here. You know, obviously Nico Collins is in the mix. Tank Dell, which a lot of us forget about. They have a lot of free agents. On they have Texans, a lot of free agents. Yeah. yeah, Dalton Schultz is one of the headliners there for, uh, at least on offense, for free agents. What does this team look like next year? Obviously tough division, you know, with the Jaguars and everything. The, you know, the resident Jaguar guy is not here to bellyache about it. But, <laughs> you know, what do they look like going into next year? Can they compete with the Jaguars in this division again next year, Josh? Absolutely. I think they could win this division. I mean, you look sure. at uh, the quarterback is the most important player on the field, and they got it right with C.J. Stroud. And, uh, there's been a lot of talk about how obviously the Carolina Panthers might have regretted their decision. Stroud was much better this year, but also Stroud was in a much better situation. So I'm bullish on Stroud, even though obviously, uh, you know, you lose this game, you don't cover the number. He still took his team very, very far, and I give him a lot of credit for that. So again, can you uh, continue to build through the draft? They have a lot of young players. This is a team that's kind of young and on the rise, and I think depending on their win total, uh, you know, they obviously go over the number this year. I think they could be a favorite to win that division next year. Eight picks coming up in the draft for Houston. Houston's in a great spot. I'll just say the rest of the division is not too shabby either. You still got Trevor yeah. Lawrence in Jacksonville. We have to discover what Anthony Richardson is. Yep. And I know you are maybe even a Will Levis guy. So a lot of young quarterbacks, young pieces in the division. We'll still find out. It could be a good division next year. Good divisional games yesterday should be even more here today. We're going to start breaking down Bucks and Lions. Who's going to come out on top on this one? We'll be right back with our answers. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr. And I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back. And joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. 
Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go, like, how do I detach from my this idea of, what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to The Sweat, Steve Buchanan, Julian Edlow, Josh Applebaum. We're going to start breaking down the divisional round games that we have coming up here on Sunday, starting with the Bucks at Lions. Should be a very high-flying offensive game that we have in this in this opening contest here. Here's the tale of the tape. Here are how these teams are matching up against each other here. Really got to point out there, yards allowed by the Lions, 425 Nearly double of what the Buccaneers have allowed during the regular season thus far. Gentlemen, uh, and I'm oh, sorry, that was last week. My, my apologies. Uh, let's <laughs> Giving out all this misinformation. <laughs> Gentlemen, let's break this game down here. I'm going to start with you, Josh, because I want to talk about the spread on this one here. Throughout the week, this is pretty much held steady at six. But over the past 24 hours, we've been seeing it get down to minus five and a half, but almost quickly gets back up to six after that. What do you make of that constant back and forth, that kind of that ping pong effect that we've been seeing over the past 24 hours? Yeah, this is great, great late movement here toward the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm taking the bucks and the points today, guys. If you look at Steve, we go back even a little bit, uh, you know, earlier in the week, you know, Detroit, Detroit opened minus six. They got up to six and a half. Even some books touched seven. And that was a very brief seven, got down to six and a half. And as you mentioned, Steve sat six and a half for much of the week, but really late Late game day movement is so important to me because that's telling me that when the limits are raised, big bets come in. You always want to be on the side of late movement if you can help it. And if you bet a game earlier in the week, you want that late movement to kind of validate a play that you've made and give you some closing line value. So late movement to me, Steve, and again, it's, it's not an opinion. It's a fact. It's breaking toward the Tampa Bay Bucks. What I really like about the Bucks is the fact that they're a contrarian play. They're only getting 36% of bets. If we look toward yesterday, both those dogs were public plays. Both the Texans uh, and the Packers were getting around 60 to 65% of bets. You don't have that situation here. Public is all over Detroit. They're kind of falling in love with the Cinderella story. You got Eminem in the stands. Ford Field is going nuts. This is a team that was a terrible team for so long, and they're finally good again. So I think there's kind of a public sentimentality in favor of Detroit, uh, getting two-thirds of bets in this spot. But again, late movement is breaking back toward the Bucks. So I like the Bucks and the points here. You would have loved a six and a half early in the week. That number is now gone. But once again, Tampa Bay is one of the best teams, the best team in the NFL covering numbers. They're 12 and six ATS. They're nine and three. 
three ATS as a dog. And I'm going to lean on their defense here. Their defense is only giving up 18.6 points per game. That's the fifth best in the NFL. And you mentioned it, Steve. Look what happened uh, last week with the with the Lions. They got shredded there uh, through the air, mostly through the air. But they're giving up on the year 23.2 points. That is 23rd in the NFL. And then a little bit of a small angle here. Bill Vinovich is one of the best road referees in the NFL. 59% mm. against the spread uh, to the road team. So again, public's all over Detroit. Yet this line's coming back to the Tampa Bay Bucks. This is a wheelhouse play for me. Contrarian with late sharp action. I love the uh, the Bucks plus the points here. Julie, we talked about this a little bit yesterday, but the Bucks have been one of the best as a road underdog at covering the spread this season. Yeah, they've been great on the road. Uh, period where they're eight and yeah. one against the spread and they've been great as an underdog this season where they're nine and three against the spread so this spot is kind of their wheelhouse a lot of pressure on the lions not that i i don't think they'll come through but this the lions was the only game last week where the spread did matter lions win rams cover i could see a similar situation today i think this is going to be a close game which puts me towards the points i had tampa earlier in the week uh teased up to up to 12 and a half and I, I personally used it with kansas city to, to eight and a half maybe you could have used it with one of the favorites um yesterday but I, it's a good game to take the points here and <clears throat> really i, I lean to the dog because i think it's going to be such a close game we're going to see a lot of offense and uh just how good tampa has been in this spot this is the best prop game of the weekend i think there's a yeah. lot of player props in this game that I want to be better. Let's get into that. Let's talk about some sure. of the player props that you like in this one. I know a popular one here is uh, Baker Mayfield passing yards. This has continued to go up uh, throughout the week. It is currently at 260 and a half. If you were, if you're watching the show yesterday, you got you could have got that at 258 and a half. So not a huge difference, but that total is obviously on the rise. Give us some of the props that you like in this game. Yeah, I want to be hanging out with the cool kids. Give me Baker Mayfield <laughs> passing yards That's over. Awesome. <laughs> um, I, I put it in my article on uh, DK Network at 253 and a half earlier in the week it, it's getting bet up quite a bit but 260 and a half is not uh much cause for for concern here when we we look at the numbers the lions third worst passing defense on the season in terms yeah. of yards per game allowed and they have fallen off a cliff lately nearly 350 yards per game through the air over the last three games i think it's almost 380 over the last four games so they are they are dinged in the secondary. They are not playing well. And Baker Mayfield comes in to a game having played really well last week. It was his third 300 yard game over his last uh, over his last five. Four of them he's gone for 280 plus, and he's going indoors. You know, with some rhythm. I think that Baker Mayfield uh, is in a great spot. And in terms of guys you might want to put with him the yards have to go somewhere i think my two favorite mike evans is going to get a lot of attention just because yeah. of the size we talked about that on yesterday's show with jeff in the dfs segment i think godwin is going to get that puka matchup that he had last week and be in a really good spot and then kate otten who's been playing really well late, lately and we know all season detroit has struggled with tight ends that's a really modest one i think that's like 30 yards uh so those two guys um if you want to play by straights same game parlay for the passing game. I like all that stuff. Yeah, maybe Otten didn't get into the end zone last week, but eight receptions on eleven targets for eighty-nine yards. Like that's that bad was drops. that was an yeah Left that was some meat on the bone. That was some um, an absurd number for him. Um, Josh, going right back to this Baker Mayfield stuff. Like if you look at the matchup that Mayfield had last week against the Eagles, and we talked about this on the show, you talk about the Commanders, how bad they've been in the secondary. Coming into that game last week, the Eagles had allowed only 47 yards less to opposing wide receivers. Mayfield in that game was 22 of 36 for 337 yards. Now gets a similar matchup here today against the Lions. Yeah, I think there's a lot of reasons to bet this Baker Mayfield over. And again, listening to the show yesterday, you could have gotten a better number, 258 and a half. It's now 260 and a half. Not only has it risen two yards, which doesn't seem like a lot, but when these props move, it's very important here sure. telling us smart money's coming in. But it's 260 and a half over minus 125 so if you wait until game time today you know this thing might get up to 261 or more my only concern with baker i like the matchup it's indoors you're going up against a really bad secondary here that got torched by stafford last week he had what 367 against them is that steve anytime I'm on twitter and i see tweets that that are like the most bet prop today 99 of money around <laughs> the over that always scares me so that's my one concern with baker i still like that angle but you guys mentioned the guy that i'll be on today i love kate otten in this spot kate otten going over 29 and a half receiving yards 
yards. It's minus 110. Uh, he's cashed over last week. You mentioned Steve had a great game against Philly, eight catches for 89 yards. Also, he had eight targets. He got targeted more, almost double than any other guy. I think, uh, whether well, it's Evans or some, uh, maybe it was Godwin. They had like three or four. So he's really been a go-to guy. Baker, you know, obviously. And I think it's also too, like, you know, when you have these great wideouts on the, on the edges, Otten can really feast over the middle. If he's going against a defensive back who's smaller than him or a linebacker who's slower than him, great matchup in that situation. Uh, he's gone over this number in five of his last seven games. And you mentioned the Lions. They've given up the ninth most yards to tight ends this year. So, uh, again, Baker seems like a great play. I'm rooting for you guys. It worries me how Thanks. it's moved so much. I hope you guys cash. Uh, but I'm going to go Kate Otten over 29 and a half. Really targeting these, uh, you know, these tight ends. You had Kittle go over yesterday. Schultz go over yesterday. Hopefully Otten's the guy today to get 30 or more. And then one thing we can talk about, too, is that obviously this is the, you know, one of the highest totals here that um, where it's sitting at. That also could be a lot of touchdowns in this game. There's a lot of anytime touchdown guys you can choose from that I think are interesting here. I already have Sam Laporta as an anytime touchdown score at plus 125. It's at plus 115 now. You know, if you look at his numbers from last week, his A dot was pretty low. Obviously, coming back, he had a hyperextended knee, a bone bruise. Shocked that he was even playing in that game last week, but he's out there and he has the second most targets in the red zone on the Lions at this point. So a high scoring game here, like the chance of Laporta to get into the end zone. Do either of you guys have a anytime touchdown or even like a first touchdown score that you like in this game that should have a lot of offense? I think just uh, numbers-wise, I guess Otten is a guy that I like, and I think he's... Plus he's, 280, yeah. Yeah, he's priced uh, pretty long, and that, that that number's come down. I think yeah. uh, 350 was available er, earlier in the week, so maybe the value isn't quite there as much. Um, Otten would be be the guy for me that I think the, the most value is still on, though, and... Godwin plus 205. I mean, the two, the two guys I talked about yardage-wise, I guess if I like their yardage, I think they have a good chance to break one. I think those are the two guys I would be looking at. The, the, the thing with Godwin, though, he only had four touchdowns during the regular season. Like, he's not like, he hasn't been the go-to guy in the red zone. Most of his uh, touchdowns have come from outside the well, red zone. But two in his last you three see what games. He caught last week. He caught right. the bomb at the end of the game. You yep. see what Puka did last week in this matchup. Right. Caught a 50-yarder. It's probably going to be one of those... You go over the yardage prop and catch the long touchdown and clean it all up in one play if it gets there. Josh, anywhere you want to go in this game now, is there anything specific that you're looking at? It can be a prop, it can be a total, it can be a you know a, a alternate line. What do you what else are you looking at in this game? So I'll mention a anytime touchdown score, David Montgomery. Uh, it's minus one twenty, so you are paying a little bit of juice here, but uh, obviously it's not a McCaffrey like minus four hundred or anything. But uh, Montgomery had a touchdown in the uh, in the game there against the Rams. He had uh, I think he's had a thirteen on the year. He had his fourteenth in the postseason. This guy when you get into the red zone and if it's you know they're in within the 10 yards of, of scoring he gets a lot of carries in this spot so i think that's kind of a, a decently priced number but i'll just mention the over and I'll, or the total in this one i'll throw it to you guys because it did move up you know it's 49 up to 50 it got hit a little bit under 50 it's now down to 49 and a half i like the bet split to the over 62 percent bets 75 percent of the money but when you look at these high totals, 47 or more, they do go under 67% of the time in the postseason since 2017. I know it was rainy. It was outdoors in the San Fran game, but that was a high total that ended up staying under. Uh, and the Bucks are 12 and 6 to the under. So I kind of like it if you can get a 50, maybe lean under. Julian, real quick, who's the better matchup for San Fran, Detroit or Tampa? Oh, God. I don't. It's similar. Fantastic. I don't think it matters. We'll get his answer when we come back. <laughs> I don't we got think some, it matters. <laughs> we got some NBA coming up here. Six games on the docket. We'll get to that when we come back. isn't the only thing going on here on this Sunday. We got a six-game NBA slate as well, but if you notice by the numbers here, may not be overly competitive. You know, we got a lot of double-digit favorites here on this slate, but it doesn't matter. We're going to break it down. There's something to bet no matter what the spread is, what the total is, what the themes are. I'm talking in an Italian accent. What is that? You're yeah. Yeah. yeah, a little good. A little, 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 little jersey like coming it. out of me here talking about some NBA. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, slate starts at 340, takes us all the way down to 10-10 with Portland Trailblazers and Lakers. Mm -hmm. Eastern time, let's just go right down the list here and fire off on some of these things here. We got the Nets and Clippers starting us off here this afternoon. Clippers have not covered a double-digit spread uh, so far this season. They're 0-4 ATS with 3-1 straight up in this matchup. Josh, what do you have on this Nets-Clippers game to start us off? So I just got a player prop for you, Steve. Again, sure, looking at this uh, game, yeah, it opened, you know, Clippers minus 10. They're up to minus 11. The total did 
dip a little bit here, but I'm going to focus on Nick Claxton over 24 and a half points and rebounds. I like to kind of target these lower guys. Obviously, you're going to bet this game. You're going to focus on the big name players, you know, your Hardens, your, uh, you know, obviously, uh, you know, uh, Give me the other Kawhi, guys. Yeah, Kawhi, Paul George, Paul George. Russell yeah. Westbrook. Appreciate you. A lot Joy. of big names. Yeah, so you're a lot Those of guys are on the Clippers. Exactly. And a lot of bet, betters are going to go over with all these guys. But Claxton, to me, flying under the radar. Points and rebounds over 24 and a half. It's really juiced up minus 135. Tells me some liability there on a lesser named player. But this guy is really having his best uh, month of his NBA career. He's averaging almost 15 points a game, 12 rebounds. He's getting 33 minutes per game. So he's getting a lot of time if you're going to bet, bet player props. I need guys who will get enough minutes to go over. Over these numbers uh, and he just had 22 points and 14 rebounds against the Lakers and that game was at um, what's well, not the Staples Center it's crypto or whatever it's called now yep. um, so he doesn't have to travel you know you play the Lakers now you're gonna play the Clippers no travel involved I'm gonna go Claxton over 24 and a half points and rebounds minus 135 not betting this one because like you said Steve the Clippers just haven't been good as the double-digit favorite they've been playing so well lately I, I do lean to them but just going off of the uh, VEASAN NBA prop bet analyzer this is one that I've been giving out throughout the season and Mikhail Bridges is 30 and 11 to the under on his point prop. I know everybody likes to bet overs on the best scorer on the team, but he has not been good. And you look at his record against um, this specific number, which is 22 and a half, still 29 and 12 to the under. So Bridges unders on points have been, uh, you know, a cash cow this year, mostly because that you set it around his specific average on the season. But Bridges has some of those big 30 to 40 point games that boosts his average. And when he's not going off, he's generally 18, 19, creeping under that number. So that's one to keep an eye on. Talk about a team that has been very good at covering has been Orlando. He's been one of the best ATS teams in the league, going 27-15 overall, 6-3 as a home favorite this season. Could be getting Wagner back, potentially listed as questionable uh, for the first time since suffering that right ankle sprain. He's been basically immediately ruled out since then, but this uh, potentially could be back here. Tyler Hero is game-time decision with a shoulder injury. Anything in this one here, Julian? Heater pass for me. Um, Orlando's been really good against the spread this season. They've been a good story this season. They're a team that I bet to go over their win total this season, and they're going to have to absolutely puke all over themselves not to do that at this point. But now the numbers are catching up a little bit. Um, they're not catching anybody by surprise. Jaime Jaquez Jr. Uh, is not playing in this game for Miami, which I don't love. He's clearly the, the third rookie, kind of surprisingly, behind uh, Wembenyama and Holmgren this season uh, that has carried this team at, at times when, when guys like Jimmy Butler and Bam aren't out there. I think in a pick em type of game, uh, I, I would look for the Heat money line on, on the road here. Not too much of a daunting trip going going over to Orlando. So Miami or pass for me in this one. Spreads moving a little bit here. Anything on this game? Yeah, so I initially really like the heat in this spot. I'm getting a little bit nervous because this line is coming down a little bit. When we walked in the studio, Steve, it was minus one and a half yeah. heat. It's down to one. So this to me is why I think betting the NBA is really difficult. The injury reports. Is Tyler Hero going to play? Is Wagner going to play? We don't know. So keep an eye out for that. The reason why I did like the heat, uh, you know, at least going into it before this line move, was kind of the heat culture off of two losses. Uh, I think, I think they're going to be dialed in for this game. There really isn't much travel involved. They're 2-0 against Orlando this year. And Orlando struggled a bit. Injuries hit them. They're just 3-8 and eight in their last 11 games. And if you look at road favorites, if they, if basically the Heat close as a favorite, who knows? It could get down to a pick em, But if they stay a favorite, that's a good sign. Road favorites are 66% straight up this year. So, again, I like the Heat. I'm getting nervous. It's coming back a little bit toward Orlando. My, Miami also might be worth a look on the first half line. They've been a good first half team this season. 26-14-2 against the first half spread, whereas Orlando's below 500 at home against the first half spread. Eighth time this season that the Nuggets are going to be double-digit favorites in a game, the 3-4 and four ATS in that scenario. These teams have been fairly similar offensively. They're kind of lumped together in points per game, but of course Washington has been one of the worst defensive teams in the league, allowing an average of 125 points per game, while Denver's all the way down at 111. Josh, can Denver do enough offensively to cover the spread? Oh man, this is one of those games where like I'm having like PTSD to like the commanders getting 13 points or like you know the arizona <laughs> cardinals getting 14 points and i mean the wizards they do have a few things you like they're getting 14 they're down to 13 and a half 13 they're only getting 27 percent bets 61 percent money but on a day with all these great nfl games am i going to risk a unit on the wizards here you know covering this number i don't think so so i'm gonna go to a guy who cashed for us on the show yesterday my guy 
from Israel, Denny Advija. There we go. He cashed the over yesterday. I'm going right back to him. Uh, he is over points and rebounds, 18 and a half. Seems kind of low. The over is minus 120. I know the Nuggets are a good defensive team, uh, but he cashed it yesterday. He's averaging 15.7 rebounds in the month of January. He's gone over this number in six of his last seven games. And I know it's a back-to-back, but he was 23 years old. Steve, remember when you were 23? Limitless yeah. energy. We could go back-to-back when you're that young. Back-to-back when you're 36 years old, it <clears> gets <throat> a little bit more difficult. Yeah, so give was, me that video over. That was 14 years ago. Thanks a lot. Yeah. Go ahead, Jordan. <laughs> I'd, uh, yeah, I'm not I'm not laying it here uh, with Denver. I don't want to take the points with Washington, who could get blown out on the second leg of the back to back. Forty four percent of the bets for fifty three percent of the handle on the over here. But I don't know if I can trust Washington. So I would probably isolate it if I'm going to play this game and play the Denver team total over. I wish they had lost Friday night in yeah. Boston. So they had a little bit more oomph to this game to come out kind of hot. But they're still going to win this game in Washington against one of the worst defenses in the league. I, I would lean Denver team total over. If yeah, speaking playing. of that, uh, Denver won that game against the Celtics, who, who they beat on Friday there. Yes. Uh, Boston 8-1 and one straight up after a loss, 6-3 and three ATS. Uh, the splits here for Houston are amazing, 20-21 and 21 overall, but they're 16-6 and six at home and 7-4 and four against the spread as a home underdog. Uh, a couple injuries to watch in this one, Drew Holiday. Uh, game time decision, Horford is questionable in this one too as well, but this is also the beginning of a back-to-back for Boston. Uh, they're going to face Dallas tomorrow on Monday, so that could play into how the injury statuses are going to work out for Holiday and Horford. What do you think about this one here, Julian? Yeah, um, so it's a bounce-back spot for the Celtics off of a bad loss on Friday night, which I generally like getting this team angry. Uh, Houston, tougher spot to, to play, and they just smoked Houston last Saturday night at home in Boston. So this is generally one of those revenge spots as well for Houston now getting the Celtics in there. It makes it a little bit uh, difficult of a, of a cap or more difficult than you would think for a, a Sunday night uh, Houston Celtics game. That said, if I played it, like which team do I trust more? Which team do I think is better? That's the Celtics. So I kind of trust their revenge, not revenge, but bounce back angle a little bit more. Now, the Celtics aren't great against the spread on the road uh, this season overall. They're 8, 11, and 2 ATS on the road, but guess what? They get out and then they take their foot off the gas. They are 15, uh, 16 and 5 against the first half spread away from home. So I'm not going to lay the big number for the game. Celtics first half laying probably like 5.5, 6 would be where I look on this. Any one. interest in anything with Pritchard if either of those guys sit? Um, potentially. Houston's a better defensive team, but if. Uh, Maybe Derek White if if Holiday's out. Josh, let's go to the next game here. We're going to go to that um, Indy and Phoenix Suns games. What are your thoughts on this one? So I'm going to go over in this one, Steve. It's a really high number here. It opened at 245, 246. It's up to 247 and a half. It reminds me of a game we talked about yesterday, the Bucks and the Pistons. That was a really high total too, and that thing flew over. So I'm looking toward the over in this one. If you look at um, the percentages here, it's kind of a contrarian over, which is kind of a rare opportunity in the, in the NBA. Typically, the public wants to bet overs nine times out of 10, root for points, exciting game. You know, it's obviously fun to root for an over. When you see these scoring, it's just like a little, uh, little piece each time they score. You feel like you're getting closer and closer. So there's a psychological kind of bias toward overs. However, this over is only getting 45% of bets. I think the public just gets tripped up on these totals when they see 245, 247, 248. They seem so high. You know, if you go back 5, 10 years ago, you would never see a total this high. Now they're kind of routine in today's NBA. So even though only 45% of bets over, the total's rising. Tells me we have a contrarian over spot here. When the total's 240 or more this season, the over is 57%. Both these teams are top 10 over teams, top 10 offensive efficiency teams. Uh, Pacers uh, are as well a really, really fast-paced team. So I'm looking for a high-scoring game here. I'll go that over 247.5. Pacers could rest Halliburton, kind of managing that hamstring injury, play 35 minutes on Friday. Also, 1-7 ATS on the back end of a back-to-back. Yeah, I like that Indy's on the back end of the back-to-back here. I would lay the five with Phoenix, or like Josh said, kind of tying into the total, I would play Phoenix's team total over. You got the tired legs with the Pacers, fast pace they don't play defense and phoenix's offense has been clicking lately they went on the road beat the lakers by 18 beat portland by double digits huge comeback at home to beat the kings and then they go on the road and smoke the pelicans so they're kind of hitting their stride here i think they should do well against this pacers team in this college basketball fast 
We're going to talk about it with Will Hill okay. in the 915 segment on this show. And that's what's so crab that's cakes, crab walking. cakes, yeah. Julian. I love crab cakes. That's what and you we call. We might like the Maryland. Too. That's what you call a tease, <laughs> and that's what Julian just gave you. We're going to get some props up. We're going to get with Jeff Ulrich up some props for NFL today. We'll be right back here on the sweat. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr. And I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back. And joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, this idea of what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to The Sweat. We kicked Julian off because he couldn't answer that last question. So now it's just <laughs> going to be Josh and I doing the next segment here. We're going to welcome in Jeff Ulrich, who is going to help us get you some prop bets. I hope Jeff's going to come on. He's, oh, there, there we he go. Is. He had to turn the lights on. Turn the lights on, my friend. I know it's early <laughs> in your neck of the woods in old Canada, but you got to turn the lights on uh, when we come to you. Jeff, we're going to talk to you about some props. But before we get to that, I want to ask you, what was your biggest takeaway from the two games that we saw yesterday? And why was it that the Packers got robbed and should have won that game. Yeah. Poor pa- I mean, the Packers shot themselves in the foot. I-, I would say my biggest takeaway is just like how not good San Francisco looked. Yeah. And then they lost Debo Samuel. I mean, that's concerning, right? Like, um, I-, I think that's, that was the biggest shock to me that not only that the Packers outplayed the San Francisco 49ers, but they were able to sort of outplay them on the road, like uh, outside in, in San Francisco's home stadium. I mean, that was a little surprising. I'm not shocked that green Bay put up a fight, but I was shocked that just how bad Brock Purdy looked for most of the game and just really San Francisco should not have won that game. So definitely changes my mindset a little bit going into the next week, because uh, my initial thought was if San Francisco gets past the Packers, I'm probably going to take them against whoever comes out of that next game, but I, I got to reevaluate a little bit now before I, before I make that bet. I said this earlier and I'm curious what your ta- thought on this. If the Packers have won that, would they have been the team to beat in the NFC? Cause I think they would have been from what I saw yesterday. I mean, I, I think that the Packers, the, the way they played down the stretch, I mean, you, you would, if they had, if they had come through and like I said, they should have won that game. Yeah. 
it, it would have been hard not to take them against, you know, um, Detroit or, or Tampa Bay at the same time. I mean, they've lost to both those teams this year. Right. So, and, and that, that green Bay defense has played better, but it's taken steps back in spots too. So I probably would have ended up on green Bay just because Jordan love is playing at such a great rate outside of that one pass at the end of the game that everyone wants to seem to focus on. But yeah, I mean, green Bay next year. Um, wow. Uh, really nice future. All of a sudden, I mean, that team is drafted extremely well as they have for, for most of their, you know, lives in the NFL. Jeff, it's great to see you. Good morning. I want to get your uh, thoughts on some prop bets for today or maybe some game bets here. Let's start with this uh, big Tampa Bay game here against Detroit. Now, we've seen a lot of money here flowing in on the Baker Mayfield over. He was at 258.5 passing yards yesterday. Jeff, he's up to 260.5. It's juiced up minus 135. Are you on the Baker Mayfield train today? How do you want to play Baker Mayfield? Do you think this number is getting out of hand? And also, from a game perspective, any love for the uh, the points here with the Tampa Bay Bucks? Yeah, I, I hate taking props, you know, buying at the top, so to speak. You never really want to be the last person buying in. It always feels a little bit gross. At the same time, like you look at this game, I mean, I, you kind of understand it. I mean, the, the last four games, Detroit has allowed an average of 379 yards passing per game. We're not talking about like Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes. We're talking about Nick Mullins twice, you know? I mean, like th- this this Detroit pass defense is extremely bad. They allow a lot of explosive pass plays last week in the wild card round. They allowed 9.9 yards per attempt. Um, I think right now, if I was playing Baker Mayfield, cause I did bet Baker Mayfield's over, but I bet it when it was much lower than this, about 10 yards. And I think right now, if you're approaching it, the best way to approach Baker Mayfield would go to the alternate lines. I would probably just take him and Mike Evans on their alternate lines, like Baker Mayfield, over 300 yards, Mike Evans, over 75, over 80 yards, maybe, maybe over hundred yards and combine them in a same game parlay. You're probably getting a little bit better value at that point. If Baker Mayfield goes over 260, it's probably a good chance. Tampa Bay is behind in this game and Baker Mayfield's going way over like 300 yards over like he did last week against the Eagles. So I, I do still like the over. I do like the bucks in this game. And I will say this, if the Bucks do cover and potentially win this game. There's a good chance Baker's going to go under because I think this Bucks defense is playing a little bit better. If they start to sack Jared Goff, he'll just throw the ball less. So those two don't correlate necessarily great, but um, I do like the Bucks in this game. I like the points with the Bucks. I'm not saying they're going to win outright. I'm just saying I like them to cover. Um, but certainly Baker, I think more chances than not goes over this number today. If I'm, if I'm just giving you percentages Um, again, it just comes down to this Detroit secondary at the very least. It's just bad. It's really bad. And um, I, I just don't see it stopping today against Mike Evans, Chris Godwin and Rashad white. Jeff, this is a loaded slate for running backs. Like if you look at the running backs that are on this slate, like all different make difference makers. When you look at it, you know, you got Gibbs, you got white, you got Pacheco, you got cook, you got Montgomery. So there's a lot of different props that you can choose from, from the running back position. What are you looking at for this one here? And it's specifically from that Detroit Tampa Bay game, because depending on how this game plays out, this could end up being more of a Gibbs game or this could end up being more of a Montgomery game because they're more apt to give the ball to Montgomery with the lead and more to go to Gibbs if they're trailing from behind. Yeah, and for me, like, again, I I'm, I think it's going to be a closer game. I think that there's going to be potential lead changes. I could see one team getting out in front and another team kind of playing catch up. Um, for me, I, like, I would lean Gibbs props. I would leave, lean receiving props on both sides. Probably my favorite bet just out of out of you know the, from the two running backs, just taking the Rashad White over on the pa- on the receiving yards, twenty two and a half. This number opened at twenty one and a half, so it's moved like a yard, but it hasn't moved crazy or anything like that. Rashad White went over twenty two yards receiving, sorry, over twenty one point five yards receiving in um, in thirteen games this year. And I, you know, again, I talk about that Baker Mayfield prop. Baker went over to, to uh, 250 yards passing in, in um, eight games this year, Rashad white went over his pass, his receiving prop in six of those eight games. So those two correlate really well. If we'd like Baker Mayfield to go over, she probably like Rashad white to be catching passes here, just an elite pass catching back going up against a, a again, a, a team in Detroit doesn't, just doesn't cover very well. They allowed a, a lot of elite pass catching backs average about 10 yards per attempt, uh, 10 yards per reception. Excuse me. You, know, you look at Kamara, you look at uh, Austin Eckler when they went up against this team. I think white's got a good chance to be uh, a, a very, very important piece today. But it, I think to me, it's probably going to be more as a receiver than as a, than as a rusher. 
Jeff, I'd love to get your thoughts here on the second game, the one that I'm really excited to watch here, the Bills and the Chiefs. Any thoughts here on the game line? Obviously, you have the Buffalo Bills only laying a short number at home, which is interesting. Yet, anytime this game gets to three, and briefly at some books, it's come back down very quickly. Could be a teaser play. I personally like the points with the three with uh, with Mahomes in Kansas City. But also, I'm going to give give you an opportunity to talk about these great quarterbacks here, Allen and Mahomes. What I noticed in particular is the rushing props for both these guys. Allen is both guys are juiced up to the over. Allen is 42 and a half rushing yards over minus 120. Mahomes is over 27 and a half rushing yards at minus 120. Allen had 74 last week. Mahomes had 41 last week. I think obviously look at these quarterbacks. A lot of people are going to bet over passing yards, touchdowns, completions, attempts, all that kind of stuff. Uh, Any thoughts on the game line? But really in particular, do you like either of these QBs to go over their rushing props? I think it's probably a good fade spot, to be honest, for for the rushing props. Um, I I think that if I was going to fade one of them, it'd actually probably be Josh Allen, as crazy as that sounds. We're up to 42 and a half. Um, You know, James Cook is still riding the ball well. They they attempted a lot of short passes last week. You know, everything about that game last week probably was more of an under game for rushing, but Josh Allen just said he had a 50 yard rush, right? So I kind of lean towards the under there. You're getting plus 110. Um, you know, going up against a pretty solid defense in, in, in Kansas city. I know they're not as good against the rush, but that's just, that number to me has just gotten a little bit too big. As far as game goes, uh, I, I do like the chiefs in this spot as well. Um, I think that, you know, when you just look at the, the chiefs record, they're 12 and three straight up in the playoffs with Mahomes. only one of those losses has come by more than one score. I think if you can still get the three, that's where I would lean. I'm with you. I actually teased the lions down to 0.5 points and teased the the chiefs up to 8.5 points as well earlier in the week. I mean, you could still do that. Obviously the line has come down on the lines. It's not quite as appealing, but I'm um, getting, certainly getting the chiefs through, through the key numbers through seven. I mean, I, I it's a really good teaser. Like to me, I, if the chiefs lose this game, I just don't see them losing uh, by a lot. So obviously we're ro- relying on Jared Goff and the lines to come through in that scenario, but do like the chiefs do like the points. I think you could even just play the chiefs straight up. Um, just given their their record and also just given the Buffalo Bills injury situation, which isn't great right now. Looking at the uh, wide receiver props here, too, I'm shocked at these numbers for Khalil Shakir. If you consider what's happening with this Bills receiver core, so we got Stephon Diggs obviously active, but he's going to get coverage from Legereus Sneed, who really shut down uh, uh, Tyreek Hill last week. So we have... Diggs with Sneed, and then you got Shakir, who is by far the wide receiver too in this offense now, especially with Gabe Davis out. His receptions has gone up. It was at one and a half yesterday. It's at two and a half now, but two and a half is at minus 166. But his receiving yards still feels pretty soft at 32 and a half at minus 115 to the over. Is there any interest in Shakir? Because I'm looking at this and I go, boy, this is either going to be a monster trap here or he's just going to blow past his total. I don't think it's a trap at all. I think people are kind of just overlooking. And this is why you're my favorite host, Steve. Thank well, you. Josh, you're my favorite host too. But I mean, because <laughs> you're reading my mind here. I mean, like uh, uh, Shakir Overs to me is probably my favorite play of Sunday. And I think you could even take this deeper. I mean, like he's averaged over 50 yards uh, receiving over his last 11 games. I mean, let's just play the alternate lines, 50 plus yards yeah. at plus 220. He's been a little bit boomer bust. I get that. But again, like we're playing the Chiefs here. This is probably going to be a close game really like the Shakira overs I think if you're looking to fade a player potentially going under on McCall Hardman in this game as well is interesting but yeah I definitely like the Shakira overs that, that's one of my favorite props for the slate and I just want to throw something out there too as well there are divisional round specials that you can take uh, we talked about our life for Baker Mayfield to throw three touchdowns plus 450 for Baker Mayfield something to consider there a little alternate line Jeff thanks for joining thanks, us here, dude we'll uh, talk to you next week coming up next we're going to do a little Kansas City and Buffalo deep dive into that one our number two of the sweat coming up next It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.